Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's guest is Elizabeth. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. And we're both in the same city, so that's great. So Amazing. So we're both in Austin, Texas, if you guys don't know that. But I want to know, how did you get started with what you're doing today? Yeah, so I am a functional neurology practitioner, and I have an online platform called Brain-Based Wellness. And I do a lot of training the nervous system in order to make people more resilient to stress, to resolve trauma and to move out of unwanted behavior, especially disordered eating or burnout for entrepreneurs. Um, and I, I got started on this path. I initially was studying applied neurology for athletic performance and working with a lot of athletes or people who were experiencing chronic pain. And that I started studying applied neurology in 2015 and really fell in love with it, did a lot of certifications. And then I entered a period of my own life, a really high stress period for myself, where I ended up dissolving my partnership shares in the business I had had for 12 years, where I lost a lot of my community and my identity in that in that time period, um, you know, I was so attached to the business and really my worth and my safety and like everything I identified with was in the business. And so when I dissolved my partnership shares, I was really lost in that time. And then the very same week that I dissolved my partnership shares in the business, my romantic partner at the time was diagnosed with a very rare cancer around his heart. And I went into being a full-time caretaker for him. And it was a really high stress period, a lot of financial stress, a lot of relational stress, emotional stress. And I actually had all this unresolved childhood trauma that came flooding back to me at the time. And I started to experience some really severe outputs of my own nervous system, my autoimmune was flaring up. I would get really bad migraines, chronic pain. My binge eating got really bad and really painful. And I had this background of studying applied neurology and understanding how the nervous system works. And I began to see in myself as I was experiencing these episodes of pain or binge eating or migraine, the same signs that I looked for in my pain clients. I saw the signs of nervous system dysregulation in myself and I started to understand, man, there's much broader applications for functional neurology beyond just athletic performance, just, you know, movement. And that led me into a, a long period of healing myself, of using applied neurology to heal my own nervous system and make it possible for me to create safety inside of my body and process my trauma, learning a lot more about somatics and body-based stress relief. And then in 2020, um, you know, when the pandemic came and things shut down, I knew that a lot of the world was going to be facing the same stressors that I had been facing for a long while prior, financial strain, um, concerns about health, concerns about loved ones, just the stress of constant change. And I knew that people really needed these tools to help their nervous systems move through this time period. And so I, that's when I launched the platform. And it has been growing pretty organically ever since using, you know, really practical neural exercises to help people train their nervous system to be more resilient through this high stress time. That's incredible. So 
what like what do people come to you what are they dealing with pain wise yeah so i get people that come often because they are experiencing chronic pain i also get a lot of people come that are experiencing binge eating or disordered eating of any type um and um i get a lot of entrepreneurs who are really burnt out and exhausted and really tired of pushing through everything to, you know, grow their business, to be more visible, but then getting shut down on the back end of that with burnout, with migraine, with fatigue. And they know that there has to be some missing component to what they're doing. And for a lot of people, that missing component is their nervous system. And what, you know, what is the, what is true for all of us, that, but that we're not taught is that we have this really intelligent operating system. That's our nervous system. And it is always changing and responding to the stimulus that we put in. And so what we do on the site, what applied neurology really is, is just using the latest in brain science to create really practical neural exercises that help you resolve the deficits in your own unique nervous system, deficits with your vision, deficits with the balance system inside of your inner ear, deficits with your body mapping system, deficits with your vagus nerve or your respiration, so that your nervous system is functioning better on a second by second basis. And when our nervous system is functioning better, our brain feels safer and therefore produces less protective outputs, protective outputs like pain, migraine, fatigue, even depression and anxiety. So it's a really body-based approach to changing some of these outputs that we're experiencing in our life because we're under stress by training the nervous system to be more resilient. That's interesting. Do people come to you and do they feel know what the nervous system is like does or or do you need to teach them most of the time no right i mean some people you know it's i feel like there's a growing conversation about the nervous system but i still feel like a lot of these are just like terms that people throw around that they're not really sure what it means but they're like i think i'm dysregulated i don't really know and so a lot of it is first just teaching people to understand how to read and, and interpret the signals that their body is sending them and like, what is dysregulation? Right. So, um, you know, people come in and, and, and they're just not really even sure what that means. And what dysregulation is, is, you know, our nervous system, there's a part of our nervous system, our autonomic nervous system. And that's the part of the nervous system, the brainstem that controls all of the automatic functions inside of our body, our heart rate, our digestion, our respiration, when we're not consciously thinking about it. And it is, we don't have to think about what's happening. It's just happening. And then there's two parts of that that part of your nervous system, there's your sympathetic, which is your arousal response, your fight and flight. It's when it's getting you ready to take action. And there's your parasympathetic, which is calm and respond, rest and digest. It's, it's when we recover. It's also when we can be really present and focused and experience pleasure and play. And we're always oscillating between those two states. And we want to have the right amount of sympathetic response and the right amount of parasympathetic response for whatever we're doing. If we're getting ready to exercise, you want to be a little bit more in your sympathetic nervous system. If you're getting ready to go to bed at night, you want to be winding down into your calm and respond, rest and digest. And, and being regulated is the ability to move between those states fluidly and have the right amount of activation or arousal for whatever you're doing in your life. But many of us get stuck 
especially in the sympathetic nervous system response because of chronic stress, because of unresolved trauma, because of, um, the way that our modern world just kind of dysregulates us. And so we are always in this state of chronic stress, pumping out all these stress chemicals, cortisone, uh, cortisol and adrenaline. And, and over time that becomes really damaging to our system too much cortisol for too long can damage your blood vessels and your arteries. It can lead to autoimmune issues. It can lead to inflammation, create a disease state inside of the body. And so we start to experience a lot of protective outputs from our brain and our nervous system when we're stuck in that state of chronic stress for too long. And those protective outputs can look like anything that are going to get us to reduce the amount of stimulus coming in to make our world smaller and to keep us safe. So it could be pain. Pain is a great behavior change tool of the brain to get you to reduce the amount of stimulus, maybe take smaller steps, work out with less intensity, maybe even go lay down and pull the covers over your head and block out all the stimulus, a migraine. It could be depression or extreme fatigue. And so regulation is when we can get out of that high stress state and, and move back and forth between the two so that our, our brain and our nervous system do not have to create those protective outputs. And we feel better more of the time and we're able to be connected and focused and, and move through the world in the right state. And dysregulation is when we get stuck. And then we start to experience those unwanted protective outputs by our brain and our nervous system, trying to bring us out of that high stress state. And you mentioned trauma. Do you find a lot of your clients come to you with the trauma? It's like a, one of the biggest things. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So especially in my food freedom program and my disordered eating program, what we're really doing is getting, you know, the, the food is just the symptom, the, the, the binge eating or the overtraining or the thought loops are all just protective responses of our brain, trying to move us out of that high stress state and protect us from experiencing our big emotions that don't feel safe. Or, um, you know, there's so many, uh, it's such a layered issue and it's, it's so much more than just about the food. And usually at the root of a lot of it is, is unresolved trauma. And so we do a lot of emotional processing and subconscious rewiring, but it always starts first with using the applied neurology, the functional neurology to start to create safety in the body, a felt sense of safety to move out of that threat response so that when people do feel safe, it then becomes possible to process your big emotions. It becomes possible to go back and look at those core wounds and address them and, you know, do inner child work or do, um, visualization or do EFT tapping or whatever it is that's going to help you process and release that stuff. But first and foremost, we have to create safety in the body and be able to come back to our own bodies. And so we spend a lot of time creating safety in the body. How do you, how do you create safety in the body? So really through nervous system regulation, right. To, to move, to give people the tools to regulate when they are stuck in that high stress state, and then to not have to use the unwanted behaviors like eating a bunch of food or, um, overtraining to create that regulation. If you can have new tools with really simple exercises, say you stimulate your vagus nerve, or you work on controlling your respiration and training your respiration system, or you're improving your brain's map of where your body is in space. 
as a tool that makes your nervous system come out of that high stress state, then more and more of the time you feel at ease, you feel not in a state of threat. And so by giving people new tools to regulate themselves, we're continuously changing the baseline level of threat that our nervous system is under. And then we have a greater sense of safety more of the time. And then what I'm always looking for with my clients is two or three really high payoff drills, high payoff neural exercises that make them feel good, that make them feel calm and relaxed. And so then when we're doing the the more challenging work of say processing emotions or creating behavior change, we, it, before we do that, we do some neural drills to regulate our nervous system. And then we do the emotional processing. And then afterwards we do some more neural drills to re-regulate the nervous system because it might have been threatening. It might've been scary inside of the body to, to process those emotions. And so if we can re-regulate after and create that felt sense of, of safety, of, of calm and respond of rest and digest after doing the activity then we are continuing to teach our brain, our nervous system, and our body that it's safe. It's safe to process these emotions. It's safe to release these ideas. It's safe to let go of these old limiting beliefs. Whatever it is that we're working on, we have to keep educating our body and our nervous system that it's okay to do that by re-regulating before and after. It's interesting. When you talk about neural drills, what what does that exactly mean? So there's all different kinds of neural drills, different neuro exercises. A lot of the ones that we start with are really meant for regulation. And so they often deal with um, helping improve the health and function of the vagus nerve, which is a really important cranial nerve that runs from the brainstem all the way down into the pelvis. And this nerve is really like the super highway between the brain and the body. And it gives your brain all of the information from your organs about what's going on inside of your body. And that is a skill called interoception, the ability to to know what's going on inside your body and to be able to read those signals accurately, to, to interpret the right amount of threat to those signals. And a lot of times when we have trauma or we live in a period of prolonged stress, our vagus nerve gets damaged or it gets impinged and And our brain can't read the signals from inside our body as clearly as it should be able to. Maybe even we dissociate and, or we are starting to attach too much threat to the signals that we're getting, which is leading to that high stress anxiety state all the time. So if we can start to help our vagus nerve function better with simple neural exercises, then then that improves our overall sense of well-being a lot of the time. So an example of how we would do that, a really, really simple exercise would be tongue circles. Our vagus nerve activates at the back of the tongue. And so if we give our tongue some stimulus, we're helping to stimulate our vagus nerve. So whenever you're doing applied neurology, you always want to assess and reassess after so that you know you're doing a drill that is moving you in a positive direction because everybody's nervous system is different. Everybody's unique. And so you always want to make sure, is this the right amount of stimulus for me? Is the stimulus that my system needs? So you would just do a quick assessment, like maybe turning your head from side to side and seeing how far you can see out of the corner of your eye, maybe rating the tension in your neck or making a hum and noticing your vocal tone. Is it high pitched or is it like low and grounded? 
and then do the exercise. And so in this case, the exercise would be taking your tongue over your teeth and behind your lips and making some big circles and trying to go a little bit further back with each repetition, and maybe doing five circles one way, five circles the other way. And then once you're done, pause, breathe in, take a nice long exhale, kind of let it settle into your body and then reassess, reassess the range of motion in your neck, reassess your vocal tone, reassess your overall sense of well-being. And if you find that you have more range of motion, you have less tension in your neck, your vocal tone drops, then that's a really positive drill for you. And something really easy and applicable that when you're starting to feel signals that you're moving into stress or before you do something that challenges you, public speaking, um, taking a risk for your business, processing your emotions, you would do that exercise to help your nervous system regulate before and after. And that's an easy practical tip that doesn't take too long to do. No, all of the neural exercises are really meant to be, and you know, there's hundreds of them and there's really like an infinite number because our, our nervous system is always changing to the stimulus that we put in. And there's all kinds of ways that we can stimulate it. And then we can stack that stimulus. So maybe somebody responds really well by their eyes going, like holding their gaze up as they're doing their tongue circles. And then they're also focusing on their breath, doing box breathing while they're doing their tongue circles, while their eyes are looking up. So you're stacking a whole bunch of stimulus that your nervous system responds really well to. So there's a ton of ways to, to make these drills really customized for you, but they're all meant to be done quite quickly within like five to 10 minutes uh, as your morning practice to regulate your nervous system. And then maybe in 30 seconds when you're in the moment of stress, because the thing is, if we're already entering into a high stress state, it's very unrealistic to think that we're going to be able to stop what we're doing and give ourselves like 30 minutes of some kind of regulation. It's just not going to happen at that moment. But if you can make it 30 seconds to just Click a switch, get your nervous system back online, calm you down. You can be more present and then you can make different decisions. You can move into different behavior and you're routing yourself out of that protective response. You're combating the migraine. You're combating the flare up of chronic pain. You're combating the binge eating episode because you're not pushing through the signals and moving into that dysregulated state. It sounds like you're just taking a calming yourself down before doing that. That's right. It's just learning the tools to calm yourself differently, right? I mean, really, truly, everything that we're doing is our brain's best bet to get the stimulus that it needs to either keep itself activated and fueled or to regulate our system. So even if we binge eat, that is actually our brains. It's the tool that it's found to be most effective to get us out of that chronic stress state into a state of rest and digest, calm and respond. It's called stress eating really for a reason, because we are eating to combat the stress response inside of our body at a very physiological level. It is our brain trying to help us regulate ourselves. And so there's nothing wrong with it. It's not a willpower thing. It's just the way our system has found to actually move us out of that very dangerous chronic 
state, chronic state of stress that can lead to disease. What we want to do is just find new tools, really practical, easy to implement new tools so that we don't have to keep engaging in the behavior that isn't really serving us long-term to get the regulation that we need. And it's easy to do is to make ourselves beat ourselves up for binge eating and stuff. And then not absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It can get so painful when we move into these behaviors that we don't want because we cognitively have a different idea of what we want for our lives and we know better. You know, I, I got sober when I was 24. And so I have, I developed like a, a mindfulness practice at a pretty early age. I taught mindful movement. I taught Pilates and movement. So I was very well educated in what to do to move out of unwanted behaviors. And so I, I meditated all the time. I had a spiritual practice. I had a movement practice and yet I could not stop binging. I just couldn't. And it was like, it was so frustrating and it got so painful, especially during that time of high stress. And then one day as I was deep in this healing journey after my life really fell apart, I, I really reached a point where I had a tremendous amount of gratitude that my body and my nervous system had been able to develop that tool to keep me safe and move me out of chronic stress. The more research I did, the more I began to understand that stress is at the root of so much disease and that people with a lot of childhood trauma, high A scores, which stands for adverse childhood experience, often have much higher rates of disease development later in life, higher rates of cancer, higher rates of autoimmune, higher rates of addiction, higher rates of suicide. And that is linked to their body being stuck in that state of chronic stress, too much arousal, too much sympathetic nervous system response so that they're always in a state of fight, flight, and freeze. And this starts, or freeze, and this starts to really damage their system. And I, from a very early age, learned how to binge eat to bring myself out of that state of chronic stress, to make myself rest, to upregulate my parasympathetic system, my calm and respond, rest and digest system. And I truly believe that if I had not started that behavior, I might've gotten really sick later on. I've known other people with the same amount of, of childhood trauma that I had similar types that did not use food as means for self-regulation. That was just something that never really worked for them. And they did end up getting really sick and having very severe mental health issues. And, um, and I realized like, wow, my, my, my body and my brain were, really adaptive. They were really figuring out how to keep me safe. And I was able, despite that trauma, to be a pretty high functioning person in society. I just also didn't want to keep doing that behavior forever because it did also get really painful. And so that's when I was, that's when I started developing new tools for self-regulation so that I did not have to keep engaging in that behavior, but I could also be grateful for it, for how it served me when I needed it, when I didn't have those tools. Yeah. And I find we need to be grateful for, even if we've gone through some of those episodes, things like binge eating or whatever. See, like you said, you're high functioning. And I think with my, I was the opposite of my childhood trauma. 
where I got so sick that like they diagnosed me with fibromyalgia at like 20 years old and that was almost 12 years ago. So yeah. I took the opposite approach. So, yeah, I, I mean, I really feel that, you know, it's, it's just, there is no differentiation, right. Between our, our body and our brain and our nervous system and, and all of this trauma and all of this stress, it does, it manifests in pain in behaviors, in, um, disease. And so it's so crucial. And I'm really happy to see that more and more people are, are talking about this now, but I still think there's so much room for expansion in this conversation, but it's really crucial that people have the tools to move these emotions through the body tools to regulate their nervous system and tools to heal the deficits in their nervous system so that they can have a new experience in life and not have all of the dysregulation caused by the trauma, create pain, create relational patterns, create behaviors that are, are harmful and, and painful. And it is possible to, to move out of that. We just, we need, we need the tools and we need the awareness of how to work with our nervous system. I agree. I mean, I find we don't have the tools, especially as children and even as adults, I'll talk to people and they don't have the tools and they're in their 50s, 60s. And it's just take the medication and that's it. Yeah. I think especially with emotional processing, you know, we live in a society that it, emotions are so suppressed. We're taught at such an early age to suppress our emotions. And, you know, maybe it's that we're taught, you know, our emotions are too big and they scare our caretaker because we can feel the stress that it's putting on the person who's taking care of us. If we have a big tantrum or, uh, you know, if we're really angry or really sad, or maybe we're taught that we're weak or that we won't get, um, you know, that we get punished, that we get sent to our room, we get isolated, but all these things happen that teach us that it is not safe to express our emotions. And I work with so many clients that come to me and they, they're like, I don't want to be dramatic. I don't want to be an angry person because they associate that with maybe someone from their childhood that was angry and harmful. And, and, you know, I, myself, as I started to try to process emotions, I would get really bad flare-ups of my autoimmune disease. I would get eczema. I would get joint pain. I would get migraine as I started trying to process my emotions. And I, I recognize this. These are protective outputs of my body and my nervous system. It does not feel safe yet letting these emotions go because I would do like different somatic processes to let the emotions come out, EFT tapping or somatic movement, or just anger work, like rage work, punching the pillow, screaming. And my, my body just didn't feel safe. So again, I had to calibrate it back and like, what's the minimum effective dose? Like maybe I just work on a grief practice of 30 seconds to a minute where I allow myself to sit with my grief and before and after I regulate myself with neural exercises so that again, I'm continuing to teach my body that it's safe to express the emotions. And so over time, now I'm, I'm much more capable of allowing myself to have times where I cry or where I get really angry or where I scream or where I dance around or where I punch a pillow. But I had to kind of relearn all of that. Our bodies do know how to express emotions. Our bodies 
are meant to express emotions, but I think we condition ourselves so much that it's, it's almost like we forget. And that remembering process, we have to be really patient with it and, and work with the nervous system around it to, to keep making ourselves feel safe in that emotional processing. Exactly. And I think it's also taking time to do it because people don't want to take the time to sit Absolutely. with their brain. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think people think sometimes like if I open the door to this, I'm never going to be okay again. You know, like I'm going to be laying on the floor crying for the rest of my life because there's so much suppressed down in there. But I, what I've found to be true for me is that you know, emotions are really meant to be moved through the body. And the more I can do that, the more I can allow them to move through me and do let my body do what it naturally does to express emotions, the less I actually hold on to it, the less I carry it around with me. And so it, it actually can move through me pretty quickly in like 10 minutes, I can just get it all out. And then I can go on about my day and actually be present and focused rather than being held in the anger, held in the grief, held in the disappointment, held in the jealousy. If I, I let it be and allow it to move through me, it actually takes much less time than if I try to suppress it and pretend it's not there and go on with it. And then it comes out sideways in all these other ways. I feel bad. It, um, it depletes my energy by working so hard to shove those emotions down and keep them bottled up. And so it's really, um, it's really counterintuitive, but for me, I found it to be true that I have a lot more energy, I'm a lot more productive. I can be more present and focused if I just let myself feel when I need to feel and express when I need to express and then move on. And I'm sure it took you a lot of time to do that, but now it's probably second nature. Yes, it certainly did take me some time and my body resisted and my intellect resisted. And, you know, I would get, I would find myself like judging and analyzing and da, 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 like the thought loops that come to suppress emotions. And you just had to be patient with it. You know, I had to be patient and know like I'm doing the best that I can. There's some big stuff underneath there. It hasn't felt safe for me to do that my whole life. And so now it's a matter of just being really gentle with myself as I, as I learn how to do this and keep coming back to safety, keep coming back to creating a safe container, my body being that safe container. And then also like the environment and the people that I surround myself with and the, the teachers that I work with and all of that, you know? And I think it's important that you said surrounding people who support you with like what you're doing. Absolutely. I, I do not think our healing is meant to be done in isolation. We're social animals. We're meant to co-regulate. And so I think, especially for those of us with a lot of childhood trauma, we spend so much time alone, like alone with this stuff, trying to figure it out ourselves, trying to work through it. And there's so much shame and there's so much guilt and just like here, here I am alone again in the dark tapping and, you know, trying to yeah. process my stuff. And I just reached a point where I said no more, like I will not do this by myself anymore. I will invest in myself to get, you know, to work with the healers that I need to. I have a community around me of people in healing and we heal together. I create a lot of community on the site. Um, that's, I'm very 
passionate and intentional about that, about creating strong connections um, and, and really tight containers on the site where people can work through these issues because I just don't, I don't want us to have to, to be alone in the dark with this anymore. I think and enough of that. It's time to, it's time to be out in the sun. If, you know, even on a day when I feel terrible and I'm, I'm not put together, I still deserve to go be outside and be in the sun and be around other people. And that's okay. You know, it's okay to be, be out and be connected even when I'm not to, held together. Exactly. Well, thank you for being on the show. Is there anything else you would like to share? Um, no, I think that if, you know, if people want to give this work a try and see how it feels for their body and get a deeper understanding of what it is we really do on the site, the best place to get started with that is at my website, which is brainbased-wellness.com. And I have a free video series there that people can come try. It gives you a couple um, really easy to implement neural exercises that help resolve stress and eliminate unwanted behavior. And you can just really simply implement into your life to start regulating your nervous system. And then it also teaches you a little bit more about how to assess and reassess what's good for your nervous system so that you can be the expert of your nervous system. And it's free, it's available, and it's it's a great way to get started. So that's at brainbased-wellness.com. That's great. I'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for having me.